this is a recording of a of chasing the dream of affordable housing in mumbai it is a book written by um, four authors and um, i had rec- uh, this event happened at uh, g5 which is at lower parade and uh, the noted architect mr pk das uh, is one of the authors and uh, along with few journalists and uh, i'm just uh, attaching the recording uh, on how this book came about next and the song is was out in films that time in the city celebrating the anniversary it was during that period that the demolition started and that sparked a very interesting battle uh, it was in the street in the street drama of the students and of the youth forces around that area that a poet called vilas gogre came up which then he became the sutradhar for the movie of anurvardhan called bombay hamara shehar mumbai our city which was being sort of uh, which was a very anchor film a very alternate film which first came up and sort of uh, it sort of moved people at that time and vilas gogre carried on to be a, a a people's bard a people's poet and later on he committed suicide which then became another film for uh, anand patwardhan uh, called uh, jay bhim comrade those who have seen it and he's the he's one of the i mean he's the sort of uh, the, the the protagonist in that he along with uh, uh with uh, uh, another dalit poet um, i forget the name anyway there were two protagonists in that one of them was uh, vilas gogre now this film was interestingly being shown in mantrale to sensitize is officers to make them believe that you know this is the condition that they are tackling at that film uh it just so happened actress shabana azmi happened to be there she saw the film was moved somebody told her that they are sitting on hunger strike just outside mantrale so you know if you want to visit them she came out saw the scene for some reason spontaneously she said i'm going on hunger strike without i mean there was no preparation nothing she sat on hunger strike and that became a long journey for her and for nivara hak she uh, not only she sat down then it was anand patwardhan was already on, on hunger strike there a child had been killed because the after the uh, the slum dwellers had been removed from there uh, it he had been run over and then there was a big morcha at the collector's office and this sort of uh, why i'm telling you this is it sort of sparked a kind of trigger in the heart and the conscience of the city and hundreds of people poured in there slum dwellers there were morchas to the collector's office uh, there was a housing minister called uh, subramaniam whose house was invaded by slum dwellers and at the end of all this the housing secretary afsal purkar though it was not legally these these people were not within the cut off date of 1980 that time and somewhere they were forced to negotiate a deal where efi dinshaw land in goregaon was provided for their rehabilitation it was a huge victory it was a quarried land it was a useless piece of land it had to be again developed a lot and all that but ultimately it was a victory because past all the legal 
loopholes and all the legal parameters, these people got housing for themselves. And it was it was celebrated as a victory, which then sparked a whole lot of movements. But by 1987, uh, the slum movement came to be came to such a pass that the government was forced to promulgate the cutoff year as 1985. And slowly, the Maharashtra Slum Act got revised, and fi it was finally recognized. And the law in Maharashtra became one of the more progressive laws, where if a piece of land squatted upon was required for public uh, purposes, those people had to be rehabilitated before they could be removed. So this principle then got recognized in law and the cutoff date became a sort of a protection for uh, the homeless and for the poor in the city. And much, much of it was because of these movements that took place. Then, uh, to cut a long story short, the next big movement which happened was the National Park. The, the droughts of Nanded, the droughts of Nandurbar, and in the south particularly, the areas like Kolapur and Sholapur, these droughts drove people in the late 80s and the early 90s into the city, which was already brimming and there was no space. And these people settled down on the borders of the <laughs> National Park right from Goregaon right up to Gurivli. And it was around 1995 where the uh, big clash between environmental groups who protect environmental rights of the city and of you and me uh, came into clash with slum organizations like us. And uh, that was a big clash because a lot of these people were also displaced during the communal riots and found some kind of protection and uh, they went and settled down along these borders. Now, this huge battle then went into the courts, and as could be expected, the courts ruled that uh, the, the, uh, the wildlife and the forest had to be protected, and these people should be evicted from there. However, what happened was the, the protective 1995 law came in, and it was, it was sort of a survey was ordered, under which about 35,000 people were recognized to get rehabilitation under that. Now, that's went on, it was both in the courts as well as outside it, and at the end of it was born Sangharshnagar, uh, a large property around the area where Datta Samant and the stone quarry workers, uh, first the first unions of Mumbai of, of Datta Samant took root, that area, those, those exhausted quarries were located as the spot where they would be rehabilitated, and this long struggle, which otherwise would have ended in these people being evicted to places like Shirdon and Khoni, which is about 65 or 70 kilometers outside Mumbai, uh, the government changed its stand and they identified this land. And then Sangharshnagar was born, where today, uh, starting from 1st May 2007, it took seven years for the development to take place. Today, about 250, 300 buildings uh, have been constructed, clusters are there, where about 15,000 or 15,000 families are already there, and about 9,000 still to come. Now, this struggle, it, it emphasized, these struggles have emphasized repeatedly the clash between uh, a city which wants to go uh, where the establishment and where the ruling class want to make it a city for the haves where land is, is, is so, exp the price of land is so exponentially high that it is impossible for a normal human being to own it. And that is why 
50% of the city, or uh, at that time 55%, now it's a little less, about 50% of the city lives in slums or what would we would call slums and in, in completely dilapidated structures. Most of them, in terms of title, have nothing at all. Mm. Now, these struggles are what Nivara Haq uh, led, lobbied, and through a process of legal lobbying and actual street struggles, managed to convince the government that these people have rights too. And if they are serving you, if they are your maids, your drivers, and your cooks, then they also have a stake in the city. And therefore, in the planning and in the creation of towns and townships in the city, they have a stake too, and they must be planning, and they have to be creating spaces, and they have to be creating stakes for these people too. Otherwise, you, ha you will create a sort of a haves and have-nots, a, a kind of a divide, which will be continu continuously in a sort of a class war against each other. Now, this is something which got across to the government. Small points of law, small points of planning did begin to come out. And it is in this whole process that which we have tried to capture in the book, Chasing the Affordable Dream, that it is possible to create spaces, land and planning, and to give some dignity to the people who occupy this city. So with this short introduction, what I request is we move straight away to PK, uh,